Hello and welcome to another episode of Kettering Connect. This is my friend, Pastor Jason Calvert. Yes, and even though he's wearing a red jersey, I still love and respect him. This is Pastor Patty McCoy, the young adult pastor here at the Kettering Adventist Church. And we should explain, this of course is Kettering Connect, and we have a chance just to talk about the upcoming sermon series and sermon topics. But today is a special episode because we are just days away yep, from days. Mother's Day. Right. And I'm sure our moms are watching along with the other nine people. But, right. um, But we love our moms. And specifically, I'm wearing this jersey um, because the only reason I'm a Cubs fan, like I was telling Patty a few minutes ago, my daughter, while I know, you know, this is not what a pastor's kid is supposed to do, right? She's supposed to learn Jesus loves me and this little light of mine and Father Abraham and all those things. My daughter, the first song she ever learned and the first song she ever sang was Go Cubs Go. And so the only reason my children are Cub fans are because their daddy's a Cubs fan. And the only reason I'm a Cubs fan is because my mama was a Cubs fan. And and some of my earliest memories, I was like three years old, is going with my mom and my dad to Wrigley Field to watch the Cubs. And so uh, I'm wearing this jersey on behalf of Mother's Day and how moms actually do influence influence us a lot. Yeah, so I'm actually wearing my Reds jersey because I knew that Jason would be wearing his in honor of his mom. And I'm uh, the only reason I'm a Reds fan is because they're good. So anyway- I think I can hear um, them actually laughing. I, right. uh, <laughs> I no, my mom used to take me to, to Little League games. I, did you play Little League? I did. Yeah. yeah, I played a lot of Little League. And so I remember she taking me to uh, T-ball and then yeah, on yeah. up and yeah. all those teams and nobody actually did you have plays. A position, like, did you have like one go-to position? Or I, were you just one of those like free roamers? I was a first baser uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. I did a little outfield, but in Little League, outfield just means you pick grass. Right. <laughs> Watch so, butterflies. Yeah. Like, Ooh, look. Ooh, is a that clown. a ball? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happening. Right. So, um, but love baseball. And uh, so if you yeah. haven't actually gotten your mom a card yet, uh, you better you better be on the move. Yeah, or Figure your spouse, something. which by the way, I, I, I don't have anything yet. I, yeah. well, I probably I'm should all, have admitted I'm all, that. Again, I'm, I'm five steps ahead of you. I'm all taken care of. Right. Um, but today's Catter and <laughs> Connect, which is what we're actually, right. we're actually talking about the Bible to do, right. uh, is going to tie in a bit. Uh, this week, we have Pastor Alex, a mom, yep. uh, who's going to be speaking to a story about a mom. We'll get to that more in a moment. But Jason, you know, last week when we talked um, in light of the series, Look Again, Finding Jesus in the Old Testament, we shared a couple stories um, that aren't being preached about, but are places where we see Jesus in the Old Testament. So I thought it'd be fun to start there again this week. There's another story yeah, sure. for you where you see Jesus in the Old Testament. Right. And I mean, I see him everywhere. And a quick example would be, you know, a, a story that many people I'm sure are familiar with. Um, so once upon a time in a faraway land, there was this guy, his name was Abraham, and he's chilling on his front porch. Basically, that's what it says yeah. in Genesis 18. And it says specifically that three men come walking up. And there's and Abraham is having this conversation with these three men. But then in the verse, it says, then the Lord appeared. And then it says, right, and then the Lord said. And so this is just another one of those examples in the Bible where it's like, okay, is it a man or is it God or is it both? And I would argue that, no, it's it's both. This is Jesus showing up, having a conversation with two angels, with Abraham, before Sodom and Gomorrah and all of that. And so they're having this conversation. And as the conversation goes, according to the text, it says that the man says, I'm going to visit here at the same time next year, and your wife will be pregnant, right? So again, nod to moms. And, and it says that... Uh, 
that Sarah's in the other room preparing the meal because uh, when Abraham uh, sees these men show up, he goes, oh, you guys hungry? You want some food? And he goes, hey, start making some food, right? And so that that wasn't very nice. But she's making some food and she overhears this conversation. And the Bible specifically says that she laughs to herself. And then it says, um, and then verse 13, the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? So again, is it a man? Is it the Lord? I would say this is Jesus. But again, so here's Jesus hearing, you know, Sarah laughed to herself. And then she's like, oh, I didn't laugh. And then, you know, he could be super mean, but he doesn't. I almost envision him, you know, just kind of be a little lighthearted and be like, yeah, actually you did, right? And you know you did. So just another example of how God shows up in the First Testament and just is there with people during the regular rhythm of life. Hmm. And she goes on to name her son, yeah. He laughs. Right. 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 Isaac, he laughs, right. which uh, was was cool. Yeah. I've always liked that interaction that it's just kind of a, hey, you laughed. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah you did. you kind of did. You know, it's not like a rebuke uh, right. in that sense. Yeah. But I feel like he still kind of does that. Like, yeah. you did that, you yeah. know, I'm like, yeah, you really. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, what about you know, you? I, I was just thinking, uh, I was doing some studying on something else last week and I had another one of those moments where I felt like Jesus kind of jumped out at the page and uh, it was uh, Deuteronomy 30. Which again, you know, Deuteronomy, uh, a lot of different stuff that's given out uh, through Deuteronomy, but it's this place where Jesus is, God is giving the commandments and giving, you know, kind of this is the way to live and this is the covenant I'm going to make with you. And you can choose not to follow the covenant, which there are curses that come with that. There are just, you know, consequences to living right, life natural consequences. Right, natural right. consequences. Right. Um, or you can choose to, to follow these things. And here's what it says. Um, it says, uh, see, I have set before you today life and good death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, that I command you today by loving the Lord, your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord God will bless you in the land that you're entering to take possession of. And then it goes on down and it says, um, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death blessings and curse. Therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live. That God is saying, look, I'm, I'm going to tell you how to live life in a way that'll help you grow. That'll help you be everything I've created you to be. And I want you to choose that life. If you don't, there are natural consequences, mm -hmm. right? It's not that mm -hmm. God's going to zap you mm -hmm. just saying that here's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so of course I think about the fulfillment of these ultimately is in Jesus, right? Because as Jesus said, I have come to give you life life abundant, um, you know? And so God is saying all along, choose life. And then Jesus comes as the way, the truth and the life. Uh, and so we choose him. So that's just one of those, it's like this yeah. prequel yeah, yeah. that, you know, I'm continuing to give you the guidelines for life and then I'm going to send you life. Right. And, and I, show you. Yeah. Show you. And I want you just to follow, um, you yeah. know, choose that way. So yeah, it's, um, good. it's one of those ways that it's not a narrative per se. It's not uh, a story, but it's a place that I see Jesus jump right. off the page right. in that sense. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, today's story though that we're going to focus on for Sabbath is uh, Pastor Alex is going to focus on Jochebed. Who was Jochebed? Mm, so in case you haven't studied this recently, this is the mother of Moses. 
Right. And she shows up in Exodus 2. She shows up in Exodus 2, but in Exodus 2, we, we aren't introduced to her by name. In Exodus 2, we're only said, now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. Right. Um, we're not introduced uh, to her as Jochebed until Exodus 6. Right. Um, and so uh, this is an interesting narrative for us to spend a little time with. There's some interesting facts yeah, about yeah. this particular story. First of all, Jochebed's name. Um, I don't know what, what you stumbled across. I actually stumbled across that, um, you know, because we're not given her name until Exodus 6, that some commentaries say that they think that it might not have been her actual birth name. It might have been a name that Moses gave her, mm. which is interesting um, because Jochebed actually has Jehovah or Yahweh in it. And the reason why that would have been Exodus or that would have been Moses giving the name is because they didn't get the name of God yet. Right. Um, and so it's possible that, that her name means God's glory um, or for God's glory. And so I think the idea of Moses looking at his mom and seeing everything that she sacrificed and everything that she did for Moses, that he just thought of her as someone who glorified God mm-hmm. and, and so kind of named, mm-hmm. gave her that name, which yeah, I thought no, was kind of a cool. It is. It's good. Yeah. Especially for Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for it's good. Mother's Day. So there's that. Um, it's interesting too, when we, we go through this passage, maybe, uh, Jason, you want to just read it sure. uh, up to verse 10? Sure. So Exodus 2, from 1 to 10, about this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Okay, just interesting. I mean, have you had a newborn in your arms? Like, how do you keep a newborn hidden for three months, right? They, all they do is scream right. or poop. Yeah. Both are gross and loud. And anyway, so she hides him for three months, which is really impressive. Verse three, but when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay for you. (laughs) I will pay for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Now, what's interesting is that in this passage in particular, it doesn't say why she had to hide Moses. Right. Right. So Pharaoh had actually put out a decree uh, to kill all the newborn males. Right. right? Uh, As a way of trying to control the population because the work they were giving them didn't squelch their growth. Right. right? So now let's just kill the babies. Right. So they had to hide. Right. And well... We could talk a long time about this, but, you know, the only reason that 
the Israelites were there, the Hebrews were there to begin with, was because of Joseph and uh, as a way to repay Joseph for how great he was during the famine and, and all of that. Um, all of his family would have been given like the best land of Egypt. They didn't have to pay taxes, which, wow, that'd be awesome. Um, right? They, they were given actually a ton of food and clothing. They were just given the best. Um, but then, right, life is amazing for them. And then they start to be numerous. And now ultimately there's like this fear of, wait, 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 look at all these Hebrews, like they're outnumbering us. And so it's kind of like this position of fear and control and like, okay, let's start to dial that back. Let's, uh, let, let's give them jobs. But then pretty soon those jobs turned into enslavement, uh, yeah, to bring down their spirits. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting, uh, Moses had two older siblings. So he has Aaron, who's probably around three years older. Mm -hmm. Miriam was was older still um, in that. And it's interesting, like when you read this through, um, I think you said uh, when they saw that the baby was something, uh, you said, yeah, that, like, yeah. mine says he was a fine child. Mine says uh, that was a special baby. Special baby. Yeah. So it, it, on first Which read, you kind of... Weird. Like what baby is like, oh yeah, you're not special. Like, well, yeah, like who says what, that? What baby do you look at and say, Ooh, yeah, we're not gonna keep this one. <laughs> yeah. You know, um That's if you a, say that they're precious. Right. Oh because <laughs> all babies are precious. Uh, yeah. They may not be but it, but it was kind of saying that uh, he was healthy. He was in, he was, he was good in this time. That's a big deal. Right. And so they're, they're going to hold on to Moses. They're going to try to, to keep him from being discovered. Right. But then a time comes, they can't do that anymore. Um, and so, uh, uh, Jochebed takes Moses to care for him, kind of lets him go. Right. Um, now, do you think it was happenstance that Pharaoh's daughter was down the, the river and, and bathing or was this kind of all planned out? You know, I don't obviously I wasn't there. I, I, the truth is, I don't know. But I do feel like God seems to do amazing things sometimes in, in times of hardship or when the pressure has mounted and it seems like we have no other way. Right. We're just at our wits end and we're like, OK, I can't do this. So we just release it. We just give it to God. And so I do feel like, no. There's always like two narratives, right? We've talked about this before. There's like the narrative that we see and perceive and in, in what we have going on. And then there's always the supernatural. And I do feel like the supernatural activity that is happening with the timing, with even like, you know, the current and the location of the princess being there. And and even, right, the whole idea of like the basket was made of these reeds, well, you know, and it's found in reeds. Yes, so that it's hidden, but that also means it's hidden, right? It's, it doesn't just stand out, right? And so the fact that she notices at that time, not a ton of time went by so that he's like starving or dehydrated or whatever. So yeah, I do feel like God is moving in this situation. Well, and it's cool to think about. I've always thought this was cool, even when I didn't understand all the nuances, but that here, Jochebed lets her baby go to only get him back, right. right? Is it here in a short time, uh, Pharaoh discovers Moses and Miriam's like, oh, I know someone that can take care right. of the baby, right. like out of the she blue. She just happens she to just be happens there. She just happens to be there. And right. then suddenly, Jochebed and Miriam and Aaron and um, and Amram, have been Amram, dad, you know, they they all get to take him back for the next 12 years right. of his life. What those And, you know, as a parent and even education, right, those 12 years are crucial. And, you know, we always continue to learn in high school and college. I'm not, you know, saying that we don't, but that early training is just paramount. Yeah. And, and there's so much that said, there's so much stuff out there even now that says a mother's imprint yeah. um, on their child, especially with faith is so crucial 
in that time. Um, you know, and yeah, Moses had quite a journey, but I think that time with with Jochebed was so important to his journey and to his future, uh, being able to recognize the burning bush, being able to, you know, follow after God, even though he was scared to death and tried not to, um, you know, it really did set his future uh, for him in that. Um, And I think it's it's so interesting, um, you know, to look at some of the parallels between this yeah. story and the story of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Um, there, there's a lot of different things we can look at. We can look at the fact that this was a time uh, for Jesus. It was at a time of enslavement mm-hmm. in a sense, uh, at, different than the Egyptians, but there was some other power mm-hmm. that was in charge. For uh, for Moses, it was the Egyptians. For Jesus in his time, it was the Romans. And both those people who were in power like feared or they knew that something else was about to happen, right? There, there's someone else that's that's going to come. And so it's out of that position of fear yeah. that they turn to violence. And it's in within that yeah. space and, and, uh, and context that Jesus and Moses arise. Yeah, which, which is so cool too, because this is like looking at something that Pharaoh and Herod or the world, however you want to say it, meant the devil, meant for destruction, right. God used for salvation. And that just seems uh, like a theme throughout the scripture, both in the First Testament and the Second Testament, where there should be death, there is life. You know, I mean, even, you know, Aaron's rod, right, that we see later that was put into the Ark of the the Covenant. Um, You know, this idea that where there should be death, there's... There is life, and and that God is always doing that. That, that his staff great. blossomed and, right. and that, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And and so you have that. You have um, Pharaoh and Herod, as you said. They they both had these decrees. Herod's decree was that anyone, any male under two, should be killed because Herod knew there was a deliverer coming. Right? Moses is a deliverer. Jesus is a deliverer. Um, you know, you have um, the the other thing that's interesting. I think is this idea. It doesn't say in Exodus that Moses was twelve. Um, but that that was the kind of the rite of passage. That was the moment uh, for Hebrew children. Um, you know, it was 12 was this kind of rite of passage. And so you have Jesus, Moses 12 being turned over to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter, and Jesus at the age of 12 being kind of left behind because he was teaching in the temple. Right. Um, you know, significant moments. Right. And then, uh, you know, mom and dad, Mary and Joseph, they're freaking out. And they're like, wait, where, where, where have you been? And, and he's just like, I'm did you not know I'm supposed to be about my father's business, right? I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, which is at that time in that culture, according to their education system, that's what a 12-year-old boy would be doing, yeah. right? They would be asking questions and answering questions using the scriptures with the rabbis. So, yeah. Yeah. And of course, we know the rest of the story is that you have Moses that rescues the children of Israel out of Egypt mm-hmm. and the power of of the, the Egyptians and the influence of their gods and Jesus who establishes the heavenly kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven and rescues us from our own sin and destruction and consequences and that. So these stories really parallel each other well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so that's really what uh, um, Alex, oh. Pastor Alex is going to wrestle with on Sabbath um, is these two stories. So spend some time with the story of Moses, Jochebed, Exodus 2. Spend some time thinking through the narrative of Jesus and what he came to do and those different parallels. Uh, and then next week when we come back, we're going to be looking at 2 Samuel 
Samuel 23, 15 to 17, Pastor Monty is going to look at a time in David's life um, where he had requested something, and then mm. when he received it, yeah. he ends up not accepting that it. I go with it, yeah. Yeah, and, and then the parallel with that uh, in a New Testament story. So Pastor Monty will do that for next week. But for this week, Jason, yeah. would you close us out with a word of prayer? Absolutely. Let's, let's pray. Um, God, we thank you so much for life. Uh, we thank you for our moms. Um, every single one of us have been influenced by our moms uh, to a certain level, and I just pray that uh, you are with them wherever they are, um, either our moms or spouses. Um, but God, we thank you for how you lead in our lives, and we thank you for the scriptures, how you preserve them. And, um, and God, through all these situations um, where there should be death and where it does seem hard, you do show up in mighty ways and, and bring life. And we thank you for that. We thank you for how you are always working uh, for our benefit. And so, God, for everyone who is watching right now, as we study the scriptures, uh, as we have conversations, as we ex- continue to move forward through this COVID season, I pray for your presence and your power and your peace to show up in all of our lives. And uh, we thank you, God, so much for all that you do for us. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you again for listening to another episode of Kettering Connect. And for all of those moms out there, whether you are a biological mom yeah, or you're right. an adopted mom or you're an aunt, I have an aunt who, who helped raise me and she's mm. as much of a mom to me. Whatever yeah, your yeah. mom status is, we want to thank you uh, for investing in all of us. Where would we be without you? Uh, thank you so much. And uh, hope you continue to enjoy this series. Look again, Finding Jesus in the Old Testament. Until next time. All right. Thanks. It's good. I feel like it was shorter. Watch play has the dragon. Mm. Um, and I watched him go up, which was cool. Eric oh, Davis was an outfielder. All right. Okay. Tipped his hat at me at a Dodger Stadium game and out mm. in the outfield. Yeah, that's no big deal. Okay. Yeah. I good. was held by sweetness. You were held? Yes. He picked me up yeah. at the Chicago Auto Show mm. in 1984. And my dad took a picture. Anyway, okay. okay. All right. Here we go. How, how do we start these things? Uh, just like we did. I know last week we did five, four, three, two. We just say, hey, everybody, I welcome. I just follow you. Yeah, okay. Hey, everybody. <laughs> okay, let's not do that. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, my wife is starting <laughs> to notice, though, on K-Life. Yeah. Everybody, hey, guys. Hey, guys. That's what everybody do that for. Hey, guys. Yeah. I do not do that. I, it says that on really? the script. I don't do that. So yeah. what do you say? I actually don't ever pay attention to you at K-Life. Right now, I just said, hey. Oh. Or I just don't say, hey, guys. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Hey, hey you. you. <laughs> anyway. Okay. okay, yeah. Here we go. This is it. <laughs>